Welcome back to part two of this week's podcast, and we are delighted to welcome back on 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 Zoom again with this week. Uh, how are we doing, Julianne? Welcome back. Hi, Shane. How are you, John? How are you both doing? Not right. too bad. So we are delighted to have on the podcast with us this week, Julianne Morn, who is the one second now. <clears throat> General Secretary of the Central Pathway in Ireland. <laughs> it's a mouthful of a job title. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, Julianne was with us back in March when we did our series on the Synod on Synodality. And we are, August, September, we're about eight, nine, ten weeks out, Julianne, from the start of That's right. Stage. That's right. They March, must be ha- yeah. yeah, they must be having palpitations in Rome. But the reason we're bringing, the reason we have Julianne on the podcast this week is that we had, uh, on the 20th of June, the Instrumentum Laboris dropped from Roma. And we said we would get Julianne to um, kind of unpack it a little bit for us. And by God, does it need packing? I was just saying it to John and Julianne before we started recording. I opened the document. It's 53 pages, 54 pages in the English. And um, it's not exactly an easy read, Julianne, I think it'd be fair to say. No, I think, like I mean, it's not that the language is difficult in any way, Shane. I think it's much more about that there's so many questions being posed mm. that that's what makes it difficult to read. Yeah. Um, I think somebody was telling me the other day that there's 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 almost a hundred questions. All right, in the now before 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 we before we dive into it, I suppose we should give just just a refresher in terms of a small bit of context. Why exactly we're talking about the synod and synodality? What is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Well, going way, way back then, if we if we want to start at the beginning, you know, way back and people will probably have uh, forgotten to a certain extent. So way back in October 2021, after Pope Francis had announced a synod on synodality, realistically, that he was looking for the, the church of the world to have a global conversation around three themes in particular about how we become a synodal church through communion, through participation and through mission. And at that time, uh, the Holy Father posed a very simple enough question, uh, which is still the question that we're answering on this synod on synodality is how have we been journeying together as church? Um, whilst we looked at it through the lens of those three specific themes, communion, participation and mission, um, you know, there was 10 different uh, areas, paradigms, nuclei, whatever you wanted to call them, that they offered us to be able to focus our conversations. So you might remember that way back then between October 2021 and May 2022, that was called the diocesan stage of the Synod. And we were sent out with a preparatory document and a vademecum, which literally means uh, come with me uh, when we translate that from from Latin. So those documents were our initial uh, formation documents for those conversations. So we were still in COVID in Ireland and uh, some of the conversations began on Zoom, but thankfully finished in person. We had lots of different conversations across dioceses, congregations, uh, religious movements and associations. Um, and that brings us up to then into uh, June 2022, when uh, the Catholic Church in Ireland and I was part of a steering committee at that point that had gathered up all of the listening conversations that had happened 
um, that was 26 dioceses and about 29 different movements and associations. And you'll remember, hopefully, that we prepared what was called a, a national synthesis document, which was sent to Rome. And we had 15 themes that emerged uh, across the country from the listening uh, and the sermon conversations that were had. So in August of 2022, 112 countries around the world sent their national synthesis to the Secretary in Rome. And then through September 2022, the Secretariat of the Synod brought together about 12 or 20 experts from around 17, 18 different countries around the world uh, to read and reflect and discern on those 112 syntheses. Um, and this was a lovely, uh, a new introduction as far as I'm concerned for, for the Catholic Church, a kind of a dialogue between the Universal Church and the people of God, because what they did then was they sent us back a document the continent for the continental stage that was called enlarge the space of your tent and really what they were doing was saying have we heard you right um as all the local churches these were the themes that we heard that were resonating these were the challenges that we heard that were resonating around the world and these were the calls to action that we heard from around the world so they gave that back to the local church and um between October 2022 and Christmas time, the Irish Church again engaged with that document and prepared uh, reflections for an Irish delegation to bring with them to Prague. And I think that's when he had a conversation with mm -hmm. me back in, in March. So Father Eamon Fitzgibbon from Limerick and myself and Archbishop Eamon Martin and Dr Nicola Brady were the Irish delegation in person in Prague for the Continental Assembly. And there were 10 others who who. Uh, attended that uh, assembly online. So there was roughly 200 in Prague and another 400 online. And from that assembly, a final uh, continental document was prepared. And so in Europe, as we were discerning in Europe, it was happening around the world in six other places. So at this point, so here we are in March of this year, the Secretariat in Rome was left with seven final documents from the seven parts of the world, five continents, seven meetings. And again, through a, a model of the spiritual conversation methodology and that real discernment, Rome took those seven documents, members of the writing teams from each of the final document prepar preparations um, attended in Rome and they drafted what we now have, as you rightly named it there, the Instrumentum Laboris, which literally translates as working instrument. So it's the first official working document for the first session of the Synod, because we now know that the Synod of Bishops is taking place in two stages, October 2023 and October 2024. So this Instrumentum Laboris um, is for the participants of the October Assembly. But that doesn't mean at all, and I would hope that your listeners would be um would be keen to hear this. The Secretariat of the Synod has encouraged everybody to not only just uh to read the instrumentum laboris, but to use it as a tool for groups to continue their journey of reflection and discernment. Um, because there's questions in the instrumentum laboris 
that uh, can be answered at local level by a parish, by a diocese, uh, by a, con- a religious congregation or a movement. It's, it, because there's questions in there that are simply still asking us, how are we walking together as a church? And how are we going to carry out some ecclesial initiatives, calls to action as church? So there are questions in there that can be taken and answered at local level. Not everything has to be uh, taken to the floor of the Synod um, in Rome in October. So there's a couple of things there, uh, Julianne, I suppose, just to just to just to unpack a little, I suppose, for for listeners this morning. So um, I suppose the first things first is the Synod of Bishops is happening in Rome in October and it's starting on the 4th, 4th. the 4th yeah. of October. Now, officially, the first sessions are happening on the 4th, but it's actually starting a couple of days prior because there's an ecumenical prayer vigil being headed up by the community from Teze on the 30th. On the 30th. That's correct. And then anyone that's going to be participating is on retreat for a couple of days. And then the Senate right. then the Senate process itself gets started on the fourth. So this is going this is going to be taken up most of the month of October. I think it's to the twenty fifth. It's the to the 29th. To the 29th. 29th of October. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so, so this whole. is this is the context for this instrumentum labora, so this working document that's been issued by the Secretariat of the Senate in Rome. I suppose then the second thing then is, I suppose, just if we break it down as in what's in the document itself, there's a part A and a part B. That's right. That's right. I think it would just be really important to say as well uh, there, Shane, because I've just realised as we're having the conversation, uh, a really significant piece that has changed uh, between uh, the Continental Assembly and that first gathering was uh, a, a, a a big surprise announcement from uh, the Secretariat on behalf of the Holy Father not that long ago that the Synod of Bishops uh, was changing slightly and being modified, not in its nature. (laughs) Um, um, It's still being called the Synod of Bishops, but the membership of the Synod was being modified um, and that the Holy Father was requesting 70 non-bishop members uh, to be present and attending the Synod um, as voting members. So um, this is the first time in the history of the Synod of Bishops that uh, people other than bishops will be not in attendance. There has been always others than bishops attending, but will be uh, part of the discerning group and um, will have voting rights. And the Holy Father has requested that 50% of that 70 non-bishop members be made up of women. So it will be the first time in the history of the church as well that we're going to see a synod where uh, there will be bishops present. There will be priests present, uh, religious sisters, religious brothers and lay men and lay women. Um, so that's that's going to be new in and of itself. Uh, so there's a lot happening in in this synod that's that's not um not what we're used to. Mm. And and the same has emerged with the Instrumentum Laboris, because I don't know if any of your listeners will have read any of the previous working documents from other synods that we've had, because we've had a synod on youth. We've had a synod on marriage and the family. Um, this synod is a synod on synodality. Uh, and normally what you get is you get this working uh, document that is full to the brim <laughs> Of, uh, of 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 church teaching, uh, whereas this one is very very different. Um, it is. It's, it's it's quite different, I suppose, in that regard. And like you said, 
as someone who's from time to time tried to, tried to plough his way through these instrumental laboris from various synods over the years, this one was a very different read. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, and it was interesting. I suppose <laughs> one of the things that struck me about when they when they launched it on on the twentieth of June, one of the very explicit things that they were keen to stress was, in and of itself, it is not a teaching document of That's the church. Correct. And for actually, yeah. it's it's only when you take that into consideration that you can kind of start to unpack the document itself. Because when you and I were just talking about in just in prep beforehand, I had said to you there was very little theology in it. Um, yeah, in terms yeah. of and um, like someone had done a word count or word search on it, uh, I think yeah. on one of the websites, and it was like you know Jesus was mentioned five times, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, yeah. which is kind of a bit surprising. Um, the family wasn't mentioned three, you know, family was only mentioned three times, but you know that's that's an extreme because as you said, it's about understanding the process of synodality. Um, yeah, and yeah. I, you, you used a great expression. You said it was a document, a discerning document. That's it. That's it. I, I very much think so. That that's what we've got to be concentrating on with this. That uh, that that uh, this is a document that asks an awful amount of questions rather than a document that repeats doctrine. Um, and I suppose in in its naming as an instrumentum laboris, a, a, a working document, uh, it feels like as if there's going to be an awful lot of work <laughs> mm. uh, done at uh, at this synod. I recall, um, and y- you might have had it be- in one of your podcasts before as well, uh, Father Eamon Conway, uh, who had been a participant at a synod a number of years ago, and he kind of jokingly tells the story of the, the person that was sitting beside him saying that the way that synods would have operated in the past uh, was being like on the longest ever long haul flight, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, unable to leave the seat and unable to change the channel, that this was the way that uh, synods in the past worked. You know, so if you had 300 bishops present or or whatever, each was given a three minute or a six minute uh, segment awesome. mm-hmm. to deliver their, their, their speech to the floor, pre-written, uh, and pre-typed up and everything was just uh, in advance submitted and ready. And so every participant there then just sat through that day in and day out. I don't get a sense of that off this document at all. I actually do get a sense that this is where we're going to be rolling up our sleeves mm. uh, I- and really dealing with the the questions that are being asked because um even when I opened up the very first page inside and I saw, you know, normally when you open up a Vatican document and it it lists the abbreviations on the inside <laughs> for, for all the documents it's going to be quoting from. Uh, I was so shocked to discover that it was it was, you know, taking quotations from from so little mm. and that uh, when I saw worksheets for the Synodal Assembly and I saw the number of questions that were being asked and then the number of sub questions again, uh, I really had to sit up and go, no, this is very, very different. Yeah. And it's so while. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah, ahead, yeah, yeah. No hassle. I was I was just going to make the point that. Um, the, I suppose the, the the language that that the Vatican is using to describe it, I suppose, is very much um, deliberately conceived as a starting point and not a point of arrival. Is how they were describing it. Yeah, it brings yeah. together the experience of dioceses around the world over the last two years. Um, it's an aid for discernment during the general assembly, and the purpose uh, is is not to produce a document, but to open horizons of hope. For the fulfillment exactly. of the church's mission, which is a very different approach. And in some ways, it links 
how would I put it? It echoes almost the 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 words or the the intent of John the Twenty Third when he called the Second Vatican Council, which was a pastoral ecumenical council as opposed to a dogmatic council. And again, yeah. it's a different way of working. It's a different way of thinking. It's a different way of approaching. But I suppose that is that is part of the challenge, you know, because um, it's it's you know it's it's it's. It's an explanatory text, and then there's, as you said, there's 15 documents with a lot of questions. Um, yeah, I suppose yeah. if we just if we yeah. just kind of break it down, I suppose section A looks at the experience for the last two years, exactly, and, and in yeah, section yeah. B focuses on, on the, the team, on the teams. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it's very. I suppose the simplest explanation is one text, mm-hmm. 15 worksheets. Yeah. You know, you've yeah, got yeah. one working document. Uh, so it begins with. Uh, it's not a preamble. It's it it's a it's a very fulsome and wholesome account of of the experience of of becoming a synodal church so far, and that's section A, and then section B deals with the three priority issues. That were the three themes that were originally in the title of the synod anyway. So mm. communion, participation, mission and mission. mission, and those three themes mm-hmm. each have a major question. And then five sub questions uh, to be answered under those themes. So you end up with one text, fifteen worksheets, five worksheets to every theme. So you, that that that's that's the, the, really the, the participants. The participants are going to earn their bread and butter. I would say at this. They are definitely going to earn their bread and butter because when I when I literally uh, uh, my first reading through the speed read of section A <laughs> to then get to section B and I because my like that too my my your, my own brain isn't used to uh, seeing. Uh, church documentation this way, mm. you know. So I I I. Speed read the first time round, and I got into the, the the how to use the worksheets, and I was going, okay, 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 hand, like, give me the first question, shall I see? And then to discover that even the structure of the worksheet uh, was was being was was trying to slow me down mm-hmm. because it very so much that, it links into yeah, so, it links into the way that they're planning to hold the conversations, and, yeah. and which which in a sense was even for 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 Rome is quite dynamic it's not it doesn't it's you know for most people we kind of go it sounds like common sense but from yes. you know things move slowly in the vatican but they're going to be having what they're calling conversations uh conversations with the spirit yeah think, conversations, conversations in, in the, the spirit, spirit i beg your pardon yeah and it was yeah. interesting I, because go ahead. Uh, yeah sorry i was just going to say i came across um there was some analysis done online a sister sarah butler she's a missionary servant of the most blessed trinity and she's a professor in dogmatic theology in mundelein in illinois and she, yeah. for her, those conversations in the spirit, she was, it was, um, it was, for her, it was, it was just seeing the practicality of her lived existence as a religious, because that yeah. was how they take counsel with each other, you know, exactly. and listen exactly. to each other, you know, and she yeah. said, just seeing it kind of rolled out into a broader context where you're going to have conversations around the table answering and working through the questions listening to what people say and then not arguing what people are saying but listening to what people are saying and trying to discern okay what's the common responses that we're coming out with that's right that's right and 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 the and and the key there and, and all of this is very new and very difficult for people that have not been formed 
in 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 this style of discernment. It's it's not easy. So whilst you're sitting uh, at a round table, uh, listening to what the other person is saying, you're also being asked to listen attentively to what's happening in you and what's happening in the other person. Uh, and where can I hear the Holy Spirit in what I'm I'm participating in? Because the, the, the big piece for me in, in that is that we have to, and I think I remember ending our podcast on, on this uh, the last time, that the Holy Spirit is the main protagonist in in all that every participant is going to do at this synod on synodality. So every single question that is discussed and, and if a conversation in the spirit is held on that as a question for discernment, I'm supposed to be sitting in a space, a prayerful space. I've, I have to have done the preparatory work. I have to have done my reading. I have to have gathered the range of insights and then I have to offer into the space uh, the the my perspective, which could be different from your perspective, uh, there will be theological, canonical, pastoral, or liturgical inputs given, and in all of that, I I've to remain present to what's happening in me, what's happening in the other person, and what is it that God through the Spirit is trying to tell me at this at this point. Um, and that's that that's that's a huge task. And I think that that's one of the pieces that I really liked out of the instrumental laboris as well, where it highlighted that the conversation in the spirit methodology is um, they called it an experience of uh, or an expression of liturgy and prayer, uh, which I found really helpful because normally we only associate liturgy with uh, uh you know celebration of the eucharist but when you start to think about liturgy um as as a as a, a as a prayerful ritual and you start treating the conversation that way that brings a very different emphasis to what we're trying to discern together as a group of 5 or as a group of 370 um you know i th- i think that, that that that's a major shift in the way that we're going to work. And I please God, those that will be present um, in October won't feel like Father Raymond Conway <laughs> uh, strapped into a seat on a long haul flight, unable to change the channel. <clears throat> um, do you know? And yeah. I, I think that that's, that's, that's been really, uh, um, it speaks to me very powerfully that they're going to work this way. Mm. But, you know? Now, to be fair, I suppose, um, there's been a degree of coverage of it. So this was this was published on the 20th of the June. 20th. 20th of yeah. June. So we're recording this on the first week of July. Um, some of the coverage would make you wonder, did anybody actually read the document? Uh, there's an element yeah. of that in it. And actually, to be fair, the Senate, the Secretary of the Senate actually did come out to try and clarify a few things. I suppose the first criticism that was made was our, or one of the criticisms, the ongoing criticisms that has been made has been this allegation from nowhere that there that there is a hidden agenda uh, in terms of what's to be discussed and what's not to be discussed. And it's the, the Secretariat has come out a number of times, actually, in the last couple of months to knock this on the head. Uh, but yeah, they, had to, do, they yeah. had to do it again in terms of when this document came out itself on the 20th. Like, there was an interesting um, email, press release, whatever you want to call it, where they say, like, the text is not the fruit of chat GBT, but of a long process of discernment that has taken into account all that has been done and elaborated in these two years of process 
without wanting to be a synthesis or a conclusive document. And the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, and I think that's, you know, that's that's important. You know, it's it's to, to point out that the document isn't a finished document, what we might be more used to going into a synod of bishops um, yeah, or yeah. even partially finished. Like it's asking, like you said yourself, it's asking nearly 100 questions. That's right. That's right. Um, and I think, uh, and and in that in that same uh, press release that they issued, it's it's lovely that they drew on the imagery of the people of Israel walking in the desert, um, as an image, because uh, we've we've had the image of enlarging the space of the tent for the continental stage of it, uh, and I I know there's there's been quite a lot of discernment in in the uh, synodal pathway. Uh, steering committee for the Irish synodal pathway, which of course is separate to this, uh, I suppose surfing the wave of it to some extent. But we've been asking what might be the the you know the scriptural paradigm for it, and so I was I was kind of interested to see that in that same press release that they talked about the people of Israel walking in the desert, that they know that they're called to reach the promised land. Uh, but they can't see the goal clearly and they become impatient and they're becoming discouraged and they backslide at times and sometimes they turn their back on God or, and you know and there was like all of those dif- different temptations that were there temp- doubting and impatience and um, and I, I like that, that that analogy was there because I think if there's something I've learned about the synod on synodality um, and that there isn't like a, a definitive document that's just saying this is what we're doing it's that um the journey itself that we're on somehow is actually the destination. And I think um, sometimes I, I think sometimes that very idea is what disorientates people, particularly yeah. to, particularly in a church context. And even myself, I sometimes struggle with it because you're kind of going, there's a question being asked and I'm kind of going, well, hang on a second now. We already have an answer to some of that question that has a particular nuance to it that's been blown out of the water or mm. you're looking at something kind of saying, well, there's an issue being raised there. And you're kind of going, and, you know, for someone like me, that's a church history nerd. I'd be kind of going, well, hang on now. We've already dealt with that in the 11th century. Job closed, you know, uh, just, yeah. as the, you know, but there, it's it's like, it's, it's interesting that they said that the, you know, the, the fact that there are so many questions can provide a sense of disorientation. And I suppose yeah. for many people, um, there is a worry, there is a concern in a world which outside of church is massively in flux um, that people sometimes look for certainties in an uncertain world. And this Absolutely. kind of this kind of questioning then further rocks the boat, if you like. Yeah, and 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 and, and it is. It's it, it's difficult, and and there's a shift um, because I suppose one of the things that that I see as a shift is that like uh, sometimes I've felt with previous synods that I've witnessed the synods come and go, uh, with, if that would be fair to say, but I, I don't feel that I actively participated. Uh, I certainly feel that that's been a major shift um, and that, uh, so I feel like, a, a, like you know, much more like a participant in, in a global synod this time rather than witnessing uh, the church over there being in synod. Um, and 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 that su- that suits me and and my personality for definite because I I I I love you know I love that I'm being allowed to participate and and that uh, my 
my own participation in it, it has been heard and is being valued um, in some way. And I suppose that the difficulty for others who prefer to maybe be, you know, given something that's concrete and certain, uh, because as you, you rightly say, like there's a, there's a whole world out there that's completely uh, disorientating. And, and over in this space, it's been usually perceived as being safe. And, you know, we know who we are, we know the journey we're on and we know that there's a leadership that looks after it. And and, the, and this is very different. Um, so I can understand people's concerns, but I would also be sort of in, encouraging people then to say, look, at, there, there are concerns um, and people are worried and, uh, you know, and uh, but that but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't remain um, hopeful that uh, that the Holy Spirit is involved in this process mm. and that the spirit is guiding us in some way. I was very lucky to be at um, a conference Saturday week gone by. Um, the All Hallows Trust held it and uh, Miriam Villains, who was one of the, she was actually one of the members of the writing um, group in Prague for the final document there and has been a member of the uh, writing group for this Instrumentum Laboris. She gave a lovely analogy in terms of us as the people of God um, uh, being participants this time in the journey. And she said, instead of us, uh, as on previous occasions, maybe meeting a set of traffic lights uh, on the journey, uh, this time it's been more like, and it's not about a round roundabouts for the sake of just going round in circles, but almost like that we've been grateful that there have been roundabouts on this journey so that if we have to keep going round a number of times to keep picking up others, because there's been very different points of departure for people on this journey. And there's been very different modes and speeds of travel on the journey. And But that the, the, the intention for everybody on the journey ought to be the same, which is discerning the will of God. So it's about going around as many times as we have to, to ensure that we bring as many people with us as baptized people of God discerning together what it is that God is asking of us as, at the churches this time. And, and I think that that's the piece that we need to be remaining focused on, that this is, a, um, and, and I think we said this off air beforehand, this is an eschatological journey. Um, you know, this is this is a journey about uh, salvation, ultimately. Um, and uh, it, it's about bringing as many people as as possible with us to discern how we teach that absolutely perfect good news that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior into a space, reading all of the signs of the times. How do we share that good message, that good news today in the world that you've described uh, as being so uh, full of noise and full of turmoil and full of so many options and choices how do we teach uh, a really really simple brilliant message into that space and that's what every last question in this document is actually pointing to you know we have the good news um so how do we carry as many people with us as possible uh, on this journey to share that good news as widely as possible with as many as possible? Um, and that's for me is what's at the heart of this. When I open up the document, I see it's asking how how can we get the 
more of the voice of the poor, the preferential op- option of the poor involved. How do we get Laudato see care creation and formation around that uh, to be to become a, a, a more synodal and better church? Um, how do we get the the um, voice of the migrants who are a real sign of the time in Ireland, in particular uh, at this time, involved? Um, you know other marginalised voices, how do we include them? Uh, those that are living with practical and cultural barriers, those that are, uh, you know, living with disability, uh, refugees, street children, victims of human trafficking. I, I never saw so many other groups mentioned in a document before. You know, the, the divorce and remarried is mentioned. There are just people, people in polygamous marriages. Uh, the question has been there, um, you know, people from the LGBT plus community. How do we carry uh, as many voices as possible to be able to read the signs of the times young people <clears throat> victims and survivors you know it, they if, if you if you spend any time with the document at all you'll see that it, it's acknowledging how vast and wide uh, uh the experiences are uh, of the people in the world i i know from from your background as well shane like there was some lovely stuff there too in terms of you know the missionary movements um uh, and and what they have to offer in terms of a contribution to the synod so mm-hmm. yeah so on that kind of positive note julianne i think mm. we'll 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 draw to a close for today's podcast um in terms of just a practical note at the moment um do we know uh who's going from ireland at the moment um no that's an interesting question <laughs> Uh, what what date are we here? Uh, the fifth of July is the is the date of this recording. Yeah, I uh, I can tell you that uh, each bishops' conference was asked by the Holy Father to send through their nominations for uh, the bishops that would be attending the synod. Mm-hmm. Now there was a there was a process in relation to that, depending on the number of dioceses. Depend then correlated to how many bishops would be going. So I know Ireland is sending two bishops. So two bishops' names were sent to the Holy Father in Rome. Uh, my understanding is that of today that the, those names have been approved, but that there is an official process where the Holy Father will issue a list uh, naming all of those that are the participants of the Synodal Assembly in Rome. And so I think we're just... Waiting for the list. Waiting for the list to be published so that... Uh, they're keeping, they're cut it kind of fine with 10 weeks to go. If you need to kind of, um, you know, I'm just thinking of the lay participants that might have to attend. <laughs> yeah, well, that, well that's, that's that's the other part, isn't it? So the, um, the, the way that that seems to have worked was that... Uh, um, each bishops' conference again. Um, it was it was interesting if I, if I recollect the, the the language that was used at the time uh, was the non bishop members were being selected, uh, not elected. Um, so yes, they were being selected uh, directly by the Holy Father. But yeah, I told I said well, he's yeah. going to go and invite them all personally. Yeah. So yeah, we just we're just going to have to wait and, and see in in that regard because there's been there's been no indication given as to when uh, those uh, participants will be announced. But as I say, I know obviously at this given point, the 300 bishops around the world that mm. will be attending have obviously been given uh, an indication that they're that they've been accepted. But um, 
It's ecclesial etiquette <laughs> to, 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 to wait for the Holy Father to, to issue his list and, and, and then and we'll to, be and, able and to, to... And to summon them to Rome. <laughs> uh, that's the thing. That's the thing. Um, so, so, yeah, no yeah it, 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 interesting times. Yes. And, and, you know, I, I can certainly say from, from my own perspective, uh, there hasn't been a day gone by since I started the job in September last. I can't say there's been a boring day. <laughs> that's enough. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So, oh, Ju- it's been a very, very good thing. Julianne, we'll, we'll have you on again cl- closer to the Synod itself, but we must also touch base with you on Ireland's own national synodal pathway. Most uh, definitely. Definitely. So we, we will definitely. have you. We will have you back on again in relation to that. So That's to close lovely. out to close out this part of the podcast uh, for this week. Um, last week, John triggered me going down memory lane uh, because we were discussing uh, World Youth Day in Portugal, which is the first week of August. And John was asking me, had I ever been to World Youth Day? So I was saying I had been to World Youth Day for, Youth Day for the Jubilee. And that was in 2000 in Roma. So the, our piece of music to close out this part of the podcast, I think, is very appropriate, actually. It's the theme song from the 2000 World Youth Day in Rome, which is Emmanuel. And that's what we're going to call out on, close out on this part of the podcast. Julianne, thanks again for touching touch base. We're going to come you and see inspiration. Thank you so much. All God right. bless. Bye, bye, bye. Thanks, Julianne. Bye, bye. the story, reminding us of how he won the dark years of our history. By his light we see that life is not worth living, if we don't seek the truth that lives deep in our hearts. With faith we set our hearts to run.
Peace. 